Warren Buffett once said, the most important investment you can make is in yourself. Learning from those smarter than you is a key to personal and financial success. And here on this podcast, we want to help you take those steps towards better financial decisions. After this introduction, we'll discuss five good books to read during your summer reading to get one step closer to a better financial future. Welcome to the Delve Into Money podcast. I am your host, Curtis Haney. This is the personal finance podcast where we attempt to demystify money by reviewing books and applying what we learn to our own financial journeys. Thank you for joining us today on Delve Into Money episode two. We're so glad to have you. Today, I want to talk about five books that you should read this summer. I made these selections. These are all books that I've read and I've enjoyed over a period of time. Some of them I've read rather recently. Other ones, it's been a number of years since I read. But I chose these books for a couple of different reasons. The first of those being, overall, I just enjoyed them. They were books I learned a lot from. They were books that I've recommended to other people at different times. So I definitely think it's worth your time to read them. I know not everyone reads a ton of books. So if you, if you can't read all five of these this summer, I do five because I know maybe you'll pick out one. And even one will do a lot of good for your decision making. The other reason I chose these books is I felt like I wanted to get a mix of mindset and then practical financial books. These definitely lean more towards a mindset focus, but I figured early in the podcast, we've got to get our mindset right before we can go about making those decisions that we need to make to have a better financial future. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this introduction because I'd rather spend time talking about the specific books. So we're going to jump into that. But first, I want to have another quote from Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett said, I insist on a lot of time being spent almost every day to just sit and think. That is very uncommon in American business. I read and I think. So I do more reading and thinking and make less impulse decisions than most people in business. I think that this quote kind of encapsulates the mindset that we need to have when we go about reading. We don't need to read to just speed through. We need to read to learn. Obviously, there's times and places for books that are fiction, that are books that we're not learning from. But when we read about things that we're trying to learn on, we need to be very intentional about how we go about reading those books. I'm sure as we go about this podcast, I talk about this a little bit more, but I wanted to say that before I got started. The first book on my recommendation list is going to be The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. This book is broken down into 20 lessons that talk about the psychology and the way we handle and deal with money. Your personal experiences with money make up 
0.000001% of what's happening in the world, but make up a significantly more percent of how you think about how the world works. Morgan does an amazing job of talking about how we all have a relationship with money and how our previous experiences have affected the way that we interact with the money that we have. I've read a lot of books in my day, and I've read a lot of personal finance books, but this book has jumped up to number one on my recommendation list because I feel like some of the things make sense, some of the things are not groundbreaking, but even me taking in everything that I take in in this realm, they made me think about things a little bit differently. A quote from the book and something that I've, you know, anyone that's been around me has probably heard me quote, every decision people make with money is justified by taking the information they have at the moment and plugging it into their unique mental model of how the world works. We like to beat ourselves up for our money decisions. We like to beat others up for their money decisions. But the reality is everyone makes decisions based off the information that they have at that moment. Every decision we make makes sense in the moment and checks the boxes that we need to check. We tell ourselves a story about what we're doing and why we're making the decision that we did, and that shapes our life. The key when we make poor financial decisions is we want to recognize and change the story that we tell ourselves the next time. We want to learn from those bad decisions. If you are continually beating yourselves up from the decisions that you make, you cannot improve on those decisions. And I think we get so focused on what we've done wrong in the past that it becomes hard to focus on what we need to do next time in the future. Another thing that he talks about that I liked He talks about risk versus luck. We are all revisionist when it comes to history. If something turns out well, we think, oh, that was a great decision. But if it turns out poorly, it was a bad decision. Risk and luck are very close cousins. And we need to understand the risks that we're taking and the luck that we have. One of the things that we do that hurts us, and he talks about this in the book, is that we focus on individual results and think that that is the overarching way or reason that things happen, but we need to focus instead on more broad patterns. This will help us as we go about exploring whether something was a good risk, a bad risk, whether it was luck or unlucky. This book is extremely easy to read and it's extremely approachable for everyone, but it also provides a depth in that simplicity. It presents principles in a way that anyone can understand them and will resonate deeply into your core. I definitely learned quite a bit from this. I definitely reframed a few things in my life and I found myself rereading sections to more deeply digest it. I love the way that Morgan approached this. I love 
the stories that he told. The stories will help you connect with each of the 20 lessons that he talks about. And it will definitely change the way you think about things. Morgan is also a great follow on social media to subscribe to anything that he has. I'll put some links to his stuff in the show notes. But I would definitely encourage you to read this book, or maybe if you don't feel like you want to read the book, maybe just read the blog post that actually inspired the book. And you can definitely learn a lot from just that. The second book that I want to recommend is The Millionaire Next Door. If you're listening to this podcast as it comes out, next week there will be an episode of the podcast on this book. So I'm not going to spend as much time because I've already broken this book down in that podcast. So we'll link to it after it comes out. So if you're hearing this weeks after it comes out, you can now immediately listen to that Millionaire Next Door podcast. A quote from The Millionaire Next Door uh, by Thomas Stanley says, playing great defense is more important to building wealth than great offense. There are many Americans out there who are more wealthy than they appear, and that is the premise that we see in this book. Thomas Stanley and William Danko look at millionaires back in the 90s and came up with seven criteria for people who are PAWS, their little acronym, Prodigious Accumulators of Wealth, and they came up with seven things that were in common with those people. This quote that I previously said, playing great defense is more important to building wealth than great offense, is one of the main tenets of this book that we definitely need to strive and model our lives after. People that consume continue to consume, and people that are frugal will continue to be frugal. Happiness does not come in our things. Happiness comes in our relationship and the depth of our lives. Lifestyles that are filled with luxury make it hard to accumulate wealth long term. Definitely think this book is worth a read. If you're still not intrigued, just listen next week to the podcast. You'll learn a little bit more about the book. I'm going to end that right there and I'm going to jump to number three. My third recommendation is a book called I Will Teach You to Be Rich by Ramit Sethi. Ramit is a unique voice in the financial industry. He, he approaches things differently than many other people do, and I do appreciate his approach. He, in some ways, I think, became famous, or at least how he became famous to me, was he provided scripts and ways for people to ask about raises, to getting raises in their job. He provided scripts for people calling in, trying to reduce their cable bills, just real practical stuff. And he definitely has uh, a little bit different way about him. And I really appreciate that. And I think he offers a, a good and unique perspective. One of the things is people who are working in a non-entrepreneurial job really struggle to make more money. So the only way is to, to reduce expenses. And sometimes that can be hard. So Ramit teaches people how to go and ask for those raises. And it's not some 
shady or slimy way to do it. He definitely approaches it the right way, making sure that you're bringing value and that you're able to document that value, document your worth, and then go in and ask for that. So I would encourage you, if that's something that interests you, to go check him out. His book is broken down into a six-week program, talks about crushing debt, setting up bank accounts, automating your finances, talking your way out of fees or, or expenses, saving, but then still being able to spend on what you truly love and want to spend on, a very simple investment strategy, and then handling of buying for bigger expense things, and how to negotiate for raises at work, which we, we already discussed. SETI gives advice on automatically enabling yourself to save, invest, and spend, enjoying it, not feeling guilty, because you're spending only what you have. And his main points are to automate, make things effortless, so that you can spend your money on things you love and not have to feel guilty about it. So much of the personal finance realm is about being as frugal as you can potentially be, and I like his approach being a little bit different than that. Another thing that he differs from other people is instead of talking about budgets, he talks about a conscious spending plan. I think I already mentioned this, but then he talks about we want to spend, be able to spend extravagantly on things that we love, but cut cost mercilessly on things that you don't love. We're going to take a real quick break, and then we come back, we're going to talk about the last two books on the recommendation list and wrap this thing up. If you've made it this far, I want to thank you so, so much for listening to the podcast. I would love for you to go on your favorite platform and give us a rating and review. It would be extremely helpful, the social proof that people need to join us. If you have a book that you think would be great to talk about, or you have something that you're struggling with financially, I'll put a link in the show notes. Click on that link and give us the feedback that you have, because early on in this journey, it's super, super important that we hear from you so we can make this show what you, the listener, wants. So again, I want to thank you so, so much, and we'll be back to the episode right after this. Okay, we're back. These last two books that I have to recommend for today are books that are not directly finance-related books, but they're books that will definitely help you with your mindset and the way you approach your life. The fourth recommendation, and it's actually a two-part recommendation, Greg McCune is an author who wrote the book Essentialism five to ten years ago. Essentialism really had an impact on me at the time it came out. And just this year, 2021, he released a follow-up book called Effortless that kind of builds on the idea of essentialism. Essentialism is about doing the right things. So it's about taking all the junk and extra stuff that you have in your life and focusing only on 
what is essential. Once you've gotten to that point, once you've got to where you only have what's essential, sometimes even that essential stuff can become too much. Even when we've taken out all the fluff and all the other ideas, all the other things that we're doing, we can still feel overwhelmed. And that is what Greg addresses in Effortless. So essentialism is about doing the right things. Effortless is about doing things the right way. And so it's once you've filled out that bucket of what's only essential, it's taking those essential things and making sure that we get better results easier. A quote from the book, instead of trying to get better results by pushing even harder, we can make the most essential activities the easiest ones. Some questions from the book. Do you ever feel as if you're running faster but not moving any closer to your goals? Do you ever feel that you want to make a higher contribution but lack the energy? Do you ever feel that you're teetering right on the edge of burnout? And do you ever feel things are so much harder than they ought to be? Effortless looks to address these things. It's broken down into three different parts. We talk about the effortless state, effortless action, and effortless results. In the effortless state, we're trying to clear the clutter from our heads and from our hearts. In the effortless action stage, we're simplifying the processes to make the work itself easier to do. And in the effortless results section, we talk about linear versus residual results. Another quote from the book, producing great results is good. Producing a great result with ease is better. Producing a great result with ease again and again is best. So we want to take those things that are repeating in our lives and we want to try and find ways to make them easier to complete. Whenever I first read the Essentialism book, I remember that I was in a phase of just trying to be as efficient as possible. And I think that's something that coming out of college, coming out of uh, the school system, that was my natural bend is to try and do things the most efficient way. But essentialism made me look and say, what things that I'm doing are actually essential to the job that I'm doing? And it helps you cut out things that are not essential, that are not producing the results. It's kind of the idea of the 80-20 rule, right? 20% of your effort is going to get 80% of your results. And so we want to focus in on that 20%. I would really encourage you to read Essentialism. And then once you feel like you've grasped that, Effortless is a great follow-up to that book. Last, but definitely not least, book number five on my books to read this summer is the book Soundtracks by John Acuff. Whenever I read the title of this book, I thought, I don't even know what this book is about. <laughs> I wasn't even sure I really wanted to read the book. I've read all of his books. I've loved John Acuff books. John Acuff is an author who definitely is extremely entertaining. I love following John on social whatever social platform he's on, he's definitely worth that follow. And on all of his books, 
I've gotten the physical book and I've gotten the audio book because his audio books are pure gold. He's a great audio book person. I would love to be a John Acuff someday when it comes to audio, but I wasn't sure what this book was about. But as you get into the book, you come to completely understand what this idea of soundtracks is that he's talking about. And it definitely was something that kind of snuck up on me as far as the impact that it made. Quote from the book, overthinking is when what you think gets in the way of what you want. In this book, John talks about how we have the tendency to overthink, how we have the tendency to let things clank around in our brain, thoughts or ideas, whatever they are, longer than we should, that then stops us from action or creates a negative loop in our minds. So as a replacement to that, John talks about changing our soundtracks in our head. And one of the stories he talks about is how uh, his wife Jenny told him he was miserable to be around when he was writing a book. He was miserable to be around when he's promoting a book. And then he thought, wait, that's the whole cycle. So that, that just means I'm miserable to be around all the time. We can definitely have that in our own lives. And he had that because he thought, Promoting a book stinks. Writing a book stinks. These are so hard. So he'd be in a bad mood. He'd have negative reactions. And we do the same things and things that we do regularly. We allow these negative soundtracks to overcome us and we do not respond well in other areas of our lives and it hurts our family, friends, and those around us. I can definitely think of times that I've done this and continue to do this with my wife coming home from work, I will allow the stuff of work. I'll allow the negative soundtracks that I built at work to spill over to when I come home. In soundtracks, John talks about how our brain builds on the negative by lying about our memories, confusing fake trauma with real trauma, so making things that really aren't that big of a deal into really big deals, and believing what it already believes talking kind of about confirmation bias, how we, how we just continue to look for things that confirm that soundtrack that we've got. A study that he quotes is that 60% of memories change over time, and we believe the change and doubt the original memory, even when that original memory is in handwriting. And I think that's a just mind-blowing thing to think about, that even if something is in our own handwriting, we will doubt that handwritten note or recollection over the memory that we have. And so I think that speaks to the soundtracks or repetitive thoughts that we create that affect the way we think about everything. Another quote, this is just such a great John A. Cuffism. If you can worry, you can wonder. If you can doubt, you can dominate. If you can spin, you can soar. If you can worry, you can wonder. If you can doubt, you can dominate. If you can spin, you can soar. Again, if we can worry or think about tomorrow, we can wonder or be hopeful about what tomorrow is. If we can doubt our ability to do something, we can also change that mindset to thinking about how we're going to dominate at that same thing. If we can spin something to a negative light, we can also soar and reach up and do better. John has three questions that we want to ask the loudest soundtracks in our life. 
Question one, is it true? Question two, is it helpful? Question three, is it kind? These are great things to reflect on. So I don't want to give any more of the book away. I definitely feel like it's worth a read since it's coming from John Acuff. It is a great read. It's an easy read, but it's also a read that will make you think about the thoughts that you run around in your head. For the last two books that I mentioned, the Greg McCune books and Soundtracks by John Acuff, while they are not financial books, these are books that we will eventually go over on this podcast and we'll talk about the financial applications of these books. So be looking for those. I'm sure we'll do them probably in the next few months uh, just because of the impact these books had on me. Essentialism and Effortless are really easy to go back and apply to kind of automating our finances, go back to to think about let's get rid of all the junk. It's something, well, instead of having five accounts, let's break this down to one account. Just a real simple, real quick application to that. Soundtracks is something where we can reflect on the negative money mindsets that we have and think about how we can turn those money mindsets on their head to be more positive. We'll wrap up there for today. I just appreciate you joining me for this episode. I hope that this would be an encouragement to work on your personal development, whether this be personal finances or just general personal development. I'd love to hear some of your favorite financial books or even non-financial development books. You can email me at curtis at delveintomoney.com. And again, it's Curtis with a K. Or you can go to delveintomoney.com and fill out the contact or record a voicemail there. I'd also appreciate if you would subscribe and share this podcast with someone that you think could gain value from the content. That's the way we're going to grow individually, as groups in a community. You're more likely to follow through on reading one of these books if you share it with a friend and ask them to read with you. Until next week, remember, healthy financial decisions are intentional financial decisions. Intentional financial decisions this week lead to healthy financial futures. Start today and we'll see you next week.